this is On the Sofa with Rouge, and this afternoon I've got Dean and Acefe here with me. Um, Dean Cipollina, who is a free diver, and um, his hobby is like no other hobby that I've ever talked to anybody about. And Acefe is his partner, and they both do free diving. And there's so many things I want to know, especially after watching The Deepest Breath, um, which captivated my husband, myself, and my two children. The four of us sat here just completely um, transfixed for two hours watching this whole love story unfold. And they have a bit of a love story as well. So I thought it would be lovely to have them on the podcast. And then obviously I want to know why they do this crazy thing. <laughs> but they obviously love it. So let's start if that's all right. Thank you both very much yeah, I... for being here. Um, the Deepest Breath. So you're telling me you've seen it. Yes. Did you th see yourselves in, in the whole thing or not? Well, the thing is we know... Well, I know most of the people involved in that in that film because I've trained with them in the past. Uh, I've competed with them, um, and I, I know Alessia personally. Do you really? Yeah, yeah. Well, tell her that I sent her an, an email. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, um, the freediving competitive world is very small worldwide, and that's the beauty of it, because when we go to world championships or we go to the, the training spots, we always meet each other and we create this, these really strong friendships. Okay. Then we may not see each other for months and then we meet again at the World Championships. And, so, it's you know, like, so it's like a circuit, really, where you, yeah. where you, you all mean, kind of... How, how many people would you say, Dean, there are doing this circuit? Um, competitively, maybe about two, two to three hundred, I would imagine. Oh, that's very little in, yeah. the, in the world. In the world. Okay. Um, wow. And obviously, there would be thousands of other people who free dive just, you know, for for their own reasons. But um, for fun, maybe. For fun, yeah. But competitively, at world ranking level, you, you, mm. it would be a couple of hundred, I would imagine. So, t I mean, obviously, you're from Gibraltar. Yeah. You were brought up here. So, is this how you started your your love, your passion for the sea? Um, yeah. I mean, I was always brought up surrounded by by the sea um, mm. as a child you know my mother used to take me to the beach and i used to spend all day in the water snorkeling and in my family we had a lot of spear fishermen i used to always bring an octopus home you know every time we went to the beach yeah back then it was easier <laughs> um and i always found a deep sense of relaxation and connection with the sea that i couldn't find in anything else so that's yeah. sort of where my my roots lie and what, what job did you get? I mean, you, did you go to study or did you just get a job? Um, I never knew what I wanted to do um, in my teen teenage years because mm. I think it's, you know, you're not even an adult yet, so you don't really know what you want to do with your life. Mm. I knew that I liked working with my hands. Okay. Um, academically, I could have gone further, but um, I was just not captivated by anything in the, you know, in the schools at that time. Um I think we're all quite unique, yeah. you know. Yeah, and no, and everybody does it yeah. at a, a different time, no? And yeah. yeah so, so I, yeah, I just started um, an apprenticeship as a mechanic. Then I went into welding. I'd always wanted to be a, a diver, a professional diver, and I wanted to originally be an underwater welding diver. Okay. Um, so that was my. Yeah, so that um, you need special training for that, yeah, basically. Yeah. So that was always my my thing, you know. I wanted to mm. be a professional diver. Um, but then life took me a different way, so. Mm. And then, at some point in life, you decided that you wanted to freedive. Yeah. I mean, is there different kinds of freediving and diving? Because I know about the monofin and the bifin. 
because yeah. I've run up a little bit just to know a little bit of what I'm talking about. There's various <laughs> disciplines. I mean, yeah. there's static, there's pool, free diving, yeah. and there's depth. Um, within depth and pool, you have bifin, monofin, mm. no fins, and mm. depth. You also have free emerging, which is just pulling yourself up and down a rope. Okay, so so there's <clears throat> different competitions for different categories yeah. of different things. Yeah. There's more okay. pool free divers, I would say worldwide because of the access to to pools yeah and there are depths yeah because um, depth has to be in the sea yeah and depth is like the the king of you know mm. of, of freediving you could say it's so you get into how did you start your diving because there's no one from jib that's doing it no um not really i start i was always spearfishing all my life yeah then i got into scuba diving yeah then i left it for a while and then i found that i needed to get back in the water and um in my family um my cousin who used to follow my footsteps very much um kyle Bagu, i'll mention his name he he drowned unfortunately in an in an accident in spit with spearfishing Okay. And that sort of made me think, okay, I'm not spearfishing anymore, just mm. to keep the family a bit more relaxed. Mm. But then I went on a, a scuba diving holiday to Galapagos. And wow. I, I got fed up of scuba diving after a few days. So I just went snorkeling. Yes. And when you're snorkeling, you don't make bubbles, so everything comes closer. And I was so impressed and so taken by by the experience yes. that I thought, look, I need to get back in the sea. And this is where I, I connected free diving because it's a safe way of doing more, of being okay. in the sea and holding your breath. You know, there's a lot of control. You have safety divers, you have a dive line, you're attached to it with a lanyard, um, and you can take it as far as you want. Mm. So if you do have an accident, there's always someone there and there's always a method to, to bring you back. Okay. And realistically, in free diving, there there are not many accidents. There are, really? Yeah, there. Are, I mean, there are blackouts and stuff at a very high competitive level, but I read that one out of five hundred people has an accident. They can have accidents. Is that, is that true? Would that be true? Mm, Spearfishing is very dangerous. So spearfishing, you 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 don't have any 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 air on you. You're no. you're diving and you're kill you're yeah. hunting for fish. Yeah. But there's no but control. But there's no, there's no, you don't have a mask or you're no. not, right. So you have to hold your breath, go yeah. down and then. Yeah. And the difference between spearfishing and freediving is, is, apart from the safety behind it, mm -hmm. is the way that you calculate it. With spearfishing, there's no exact science. It's like you may dive to 20 to 30 to 15 meters. You don't, you know, most people won't even look at their recovery times. You know, if you catch a fish, you may just go up, take a breath and go back down to finish catching it. Yeah. Um, you may get tied on a line. There's a lot of danger that you can't control. And in freediving, even though the, the depths are crazy deep, yes. it's scientific at, at the level which I compete. You know, this it's is incredible. something I was, because now I'm coaching Acefit, <laughs> I was explaining to her what a dive protocol is. Okay. how everything is calculated to, to, you know, it's a science because we calculate how we do the surface preparation, the first five meters, the next 10 meters. How so much there's a specific yes. routine yeah, and, yeah. and analysis on every aspect yeah. of what you do. If, so you're, yeah, if you're a good If you're doing it properly, I suppose. Yes. As well. If you want to be um, consistent in your, in your performances, okay. you have to be very controlling of everything you do from the top to the bottom and back of the dive or of, of your life in of general the dive. 
I mean, this also helps you in life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. I, that's why. Because, I mean, with life in general, if you have a routine, it's much better for your mental health. Yeah. I talk a lot of, to a lot of people about their mental health, and I also see how diving can really help you. I mean, for me, um, the sea just calms me down. I, I swim all year round. I'm, I. I'm an open water swimmer, but I, I go to Sandy Bay in the middle of December and I get into the sea at nine in the morning yeah. in Sandy Bay. And it just change, it just changes everything. Yeah. So I guess this connection with the sea is, I mean, different for different people, but quite specific in your... Yeah. It's very strong. It's, it, you it can't awakens. live without it. No, it also awakens a connection to the nature, to the sea, yeah. to the world. You know, you become more aware like, i became much more aware of, of the damage we do as we live our own way as humans on this planet you know an example interesting so you yeah so you weren't so into it before and now suddenly you know you sort of ignore it you know we tend yeah. to ignore because yeah. we, we we have our daily routines and we don't hmm. think about the rubbish where it goes or we don't think about the fumes of a car or, or what goes down the toilet or where it ends up you know we just we're very selfish that way i would say yeah or misinformed um yeah and this, I, I just gained this awareness to, to the sea, you know. I immediately became very aware of the sewage problem we have in Gibraltar. Huge, which yeah. Which I found to be, you know, Horrible. quite ridiculous that in this day and age, yeah. you know, yeah. this is still happening. Does, does it affect your, your training here in gym when you it do does. it? It does, it has in the past, you know. It's I've been wanting interesting to, to, to train know. in Little, Little Bay and once I was surrounded by sewage floating around me. It's awful. You know, and... Horrible. It's, even, even at a depth, even down. Yeah, I mean, I did some diving once in um, just outside the area. It's called Los Picos, mm -hmm. by the where the outlet is, and because the currents are very strong and there's a lot of depth, everything just sinks to the bottom. And the, about forty, fifty meters down, the whole side of the rock underwater is covered in, in towels. And, no, in uh, like those wipes. Wipes. God, that's and awful. Hygiene to... products. Um, it's just, it's really I'm bad. I'm shocked. All the stone is white because of the bleach, because the amount of detergents and, and chemicals that go into the toilet every day, you can imagine, it's thousands and thousands of liters that go into the sea. You know, and I never, I never actually thought about this until I was diving and very much in the sea, and then I became aware of it. So it did connect me. Gosh, that's incredible. More. I'm really disappointed to hear that. Anyway, tell me something else. Um, your ears. Yeah. This is something that I suffer from. So you go underwater. I like swimming underwater and I've been snorkeling and your ears pop. Yeah. So when you dive down to you these depths. Them. Well, I pop them. Yeah. How, 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 how do you work that out? How does that, how, how what do you do? Right. So to this is the, the art of free diving. Okay. And I'll explain if you want a little bit of my dive protocol. So starting from the surface. What we want to do whilst we're on the surface and doing what we call our breathe up is to reduce our heart rate and our metabolism. Oh, bring it down. Bring it down. Okay. Yeah? So, so what, what? So that you can you can hold your breath for longer. Uh, yes, and to make your body very efficient. Okay. All right. We have what's called a diving mammalian reflex. Okay. Uh, we all have it. The thing is, it's more switched on on me, for example, because I train it. It's like yes. anything, yeah. So. This will make the body very efficient at depth, gives you vascular constriction, it puts all the blood into your main arteries and your brain and so on, and your heart. Um, it brings your heart rate down. Um, basically, you become very efficient when you're in apnea, when you're holding your breath. 
For this to happen, the body needs to be relaxed. So any tension will, will make this, this um, take longer to, mm. to click in. Yeah? Mm. You can feel it. I mean, when you go down to 20 meters, you sort of feel your heart rate come down. Mm. Um, from the surface down to, I, did a, a, I was part of a study once in Croatia, and my heart rate was 15 beats per minute. Uh, per minute. 15, 15 beats per minute? Yeah, at 85 meters. That's the difference. And then when you come up and you start breathing, it goes to 180. Yeah. So you're like, the performance of your heart is and that's okay. like Formula One. And you can, you're all right. You can function all right on yeah, 15 beats a minute. I'm healthier than most people, you would say. It's incredible. So basically, when we're on the surface, we bring the heart rate down. We want to relax. Mm-hmm. We don't want to um, breathe more because that will increase your heart rate. So it's quite the opposite of what some people may think. You, re- you reduce your breathing and then you start your dive and you have to manage your energy in the first yes. 12, 12 I read meters. that you wrote somewhere that you do it all very slowly. And I saw yeah. a video of you in the pool training yeah. and you're very slow. Yeah. So is you that, manage your it? energy. I mean, the first five fin strokes are at a certain energy. Then you reduce it. Then you reach neutral buoyancy. And that's where the equalization starts. Okay. Right. So generally... With in, the ears yeah. thing. So a scuba diver will use what's called Valsalva maneuver. And they will just equalize air from their lungs directly into um, the, the cavities in your inner ear. Okay. And that's through ambient pressure. So in a scuba diver, you're always at ambient pressure in your lungs and, and, and your sinuses. Okay. With, scu- with free diving, your lungs compress. Okay. Okay. But at 10 meters, they will compress by 50%. At 10 meters? 10 meters, yeah. Okay. 50. Is this that's an, the biggest, anybody or just... Everyone. That's the okay. biggest, you know, that's um, physics. It's the yes. biggest changing pressure, volume, yes. will be in the first 10 meters of any dive. So okay. that 50% will also happen inside any yeah. air cavities, yeah. So to equalize in free diving, because your lungs are smaller now, you can't do Valsalva. So we use what's called frenzel. And frenzel is the movement of the back of your tongue or your tongue. Okay. And, and we pump air. We, start, we bring it up from your lungs and you pump it into your, your cavities. Okay. So that will get you to about, I mean, I can frenzel probably to about 50 meters, maybe even further 60. down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, after so 50, 60 meters. We're at 80 meters now. <laughs> <laughs> After 50, 60 meters. And you've gone down to 95 meters. 101 last oh, year. Oh, 101 you've mm-hmm. done. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Gosh. So after 60 meters, friends will become very difficult because your lungs reach residual volume at 30 meters. So basically after 30 meters, it's very hard to bring any air up. Okay. okay. You have to be very trained for it and very flexible and you know very careful. Mm. So what we do is what's called mouth fill technique. And mouth fill, what it does is it stores air for use after 50, 60 meters. Okay. So you have that in your mouth yeah. as you go start going down. Yes. So actually, we're talking about this is quite quick. No, you go down to 50 meters in how long? Uh, it's one meter per second, roughly. One meter per second? Yeah. That's what we try to look for when we fine-tune the dive. Okay. Um, so basically... What I do is when I reach neutral buoyancy, which is about anything between 12 and 18 meters, I have an, an alarm on my, on my dive watch yep. that I carry in my hood and I charge air from my lungs, past my glottis, into my mouth and I store it there. My gosh. Okay. So like... It's just... Like that. I yeah. feel my throat, my cheeks, everything. 
and my ears will will equalize. Okay? okay. You do what's called an M charge, and it opens the soft. Palate. And you're doing all this while you're under the water, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so you're conscious that you're now ten well, meters, twenty meters, thirty, and every, and all the steps that you have to. I, it's important for me to train it to be unconscious, so I don't think about it. Right. Yeah. So all my training, all my drills, all my repetition, high volume. It all is, comes naturally. It comes on its. It happens on its own. That's the idea behind it. Mm. Not to have to think. Mm. So you know. So when I charge the mouthfeel, then I've mm. got a lot of pressure, and my ears equalize basically on their own. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've got very sensitive ears, so I'm I'm good with that. Um, and then I refill as I go further. So at 20 meters, I'll refill the mouthfeel, and then at 28, I'll refill again. After that, it's very hard to bring any more air up. So. That's when I go into free fall and I look for a good body position and I equalize first with my cheeks, then with my jaw and then with my tongue. <laughs> okay. Cheeks only will get me to 50, 60 meters. Jaw will get me to about 75, 80. Oh, like, what do you do? Like, like you do, what do you mean? So I, is... would, I would pressure my cheeks in. Once the air is finished in my cheeks, I close my jaw. Oh, I see. Then once that's gone, then ah. I lift my tongue. It's important to keep the tongue down. Mm. So there's a lot of technique. You know, by the time I get to using my tongue, I'm probably at 80 meters, 75, 80 meters. And then I, I use that mm. to get me past 100. Um, the deeper you go, the less air you need to move because the difference in pressure is also changed. You know, so it's very, very, very technical. Oh my gosh. To, you know, to allow the equalization it's... to happen, you need to be relaxed. You need to have a good dive reflex to protect your lungs. You know, your lungs fill, so fill with all this plasma. comes with years of training and yeah. people teaching you over and over the same, yeah. going through the same thing. Yeah. Like, so you know it, like you say, yeah. subcon- yeah. you know, subconsciously, this is all happening exactly. and you don't even know it's happening. And you have to have a good it's coach literally... that will teach you. And you've right got way. to have all that. So yeah. every free diver has to have that kind of training. Yes. It's... If they want to compete and, and yeah. do. It's important to get the right knowledge. There's a lot of wrong knowledge out there in free diving. And um, I found that the first two years I was being taught the wrong things. So I had to unlearn everything. And why is that? Because your coach was not the right... Because there's a lot of instructors out there with no um, freediving experience to competitive level. Okay. Yeah, they, they, they're instructors. They can take you to 30 meters, 40. Mm. But, you know, if you want to get past 100, mm. you need to be with someone who's done it before. So when did you decide that you wanted to do this competitively? Yeah, I suppose it's just my own nature of me um, trying to find my own limits. You know, one day you just thought, actually, it just happened very fast. I mean, my experience was that I started free diving. I went to do the course in yeah. Tenerife. Um, then I decided to go to Bali to this big, um, like, meeting of free divers. You know, mm. very fun, not nothing serious, mm-hmm. which was being held by Alexi Molchan, of current world record holder. And He's not the one whose mother died. No? Yes. Yeah. Ah, you see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I met him there. Wow. And within six months of doing my course, I was doing 70 meters. Wow. And when I went there, he gave me like a separate boat, separate training, and um, he saw potential, I suppose. And he invited me to a very exclusive competition that he was going to hold in Ibiza in memory of his mother. Yes. That's That summer. Yes. Uh, Molchan of Grand Prix, it was called. And... And I was like, look, I haven't got, I've got no experience. I've just done one discipline, free immersion. And I don't even own any bifins. You know? I don't know what I'm mm. doing. And he said, mm. no, no. I said, don't worry about it. Just go on it and enjoy the experience. And have some fun. You know, so I was really nervous. 
I mean, I was thrown in with all the world record holders at that time. You're talking about William Truebridge, Alessia, I met there, mm. uh, Alexei Molchanov, uh, Goran Kot. All of them. The top, top. Mm. Okay, they all had a world record. <laughs> and then I walk in, no experience, no equipment. And uh, I remember going the first day to do the signing in. And I was asking Alexi, where's the free immersion? You know, the discipline, the only discipline I knew. Where's the sign up for that? He said, ah, that's a warm up discipline. He says, you have to do no fins or bi fins or monofin. And I said, well, I've never done that. <laughs> I didn't even have a suit the right size, thickness, you know. I had a, a, or like a, like a, a, a wetsuit yeah, thing. Because ah, you have different suit. thicknesses for different depths, yeah. I suppose. Also, My goodness, you know, all the things you have to think about, yeah. it's just mind blowing. I didn't know. So, what did you do? You well, winged in. I went, yeah, totally. Um, people, people were there a month before me, adapting to the conditions. And, <laughs> and, and, and I got the two days oh before. God. So I, I had one day of training with no fins. I did 40 meters and I said, okay, I can do 50. And, uh, and, one, and that was it, I think. No, one more day of, of bi fins, yeah. And my friend, who was a safety diver, lent me his fins. So, day of the competition. The I'd, dangerous, though, Dean, is that like? No, I knew my limits, so I yeah. was okay. Uh, the day of the competition, I bought myself a suit from a scuba shop that was too tight. I made myself a neck weight out of fishing material, fishing weights. You know, they were laughing. They were like, a who's neck this weight. Guy? I see to push you down. Yeah, they were. They were thinking, who's this guy? You know, hmm. where's he come from? Anyway, so for CNF, I, I did fifty meters and got a white card. My first white card. Yeah. And I was just happy that I that yeah. I'd done it, you know? Yeah. But then all the top guys in front of me were trying to do like silly depths, you know, like 80 meters and 70, and they all blacked out. Except Did for they? two. <laughs> yeah. So I got a bronze medal. You know, William Trubridge, who is the world record holder, blacked out before me. So Actually, by that's default, quite scary to watch in the film it comes out, the people a, who black out. Has that ever happened to you? No, never. I've never blacked out. Oh, I was terrified though, you know, I was sitting yes. there thinking, where, yes. where, what have I done? What have I got myself into? Yes, so you got a bronze medal? I got a bronze medal at the, one of the most exclusive competitions in the world, my first competition. They gave me 1,500 euros uh, And Sima, they paid for the trip? Yeah, I got interviewed, you know, yeah. Alexi said, I'm going to sponsor you, blah, blah, blah. So I thought, wow, you know, and yeah. then, then I realized, I thought, you know, the, sometimes you just listen to the universe and when things yeah. come easy, yes. that way you think, okay, this is my direction in life now. Yes. And that's how I carried on. But it was funny because I got a bronze medal in CNF. I got a fourth place in Bifins because they also had a few blackouts, you know, and overall I got third third place so I walked oh, well, in the whole competition in the whole competition so I walked away no. with two bronze medals and, and all these people place. champions stars yeah. of the of, of the, the of the of the world yeah, yeah, yeah. so you put Gibraltar on the map a little yeah. bit do you always say you're from Gibraltar and compete as um, have you had trouble with with no I mean I don't really go as a as a country to be honest okay um, I don't, you don't have to be like part of a country or I don't want that. to identify as a as a representative of anything other than okay. myself okay that's just my personal opinion yep um, but, uh, you know, I have to go when I compete, I have to show that I'm British. That's the right. only thing. Um, but that's what it is. I'd rather I, just be Dean Cipollina. You know, I don't want to incorporate politics into, yeah, yeah. into my diving, to be honest. Yeah. And are there other British divers who are competing like you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. There, there's uh, maybe two or three at the moment. But that's that not very, strong. really, that's... No. But they are deep. You know, one, one guy is quite deep. Yeah. Um, 
So let me ask you: when when did I can't remember when I first heard about you? I but I remember something coming up somewhere that we had a Gibraltarian who was diving, and I just thought, wow, what is this? And I and I, I don't know. I think I saw an interview on the telly or something, and then people started getting a bit interested because this yeah. is like people dive you don't really listen to them people dive here the whole time and it's not but then suddenly somehow you 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 made it interesting um and i think i think with this film on netflix they are making it more mainstream as well because you hear about surfers and people doing other things on the sea but not diving it's not so mainstream it's yeah. not so heard about yeah. internationally as it yeah. is now do you think the film's helping to what, what I mean, is it? It is, yeah. it is helping to make free diving more mainstream, like you say, but it's not, I don't believe it's given the right um, idea of what oh, it should be. That's interesting. That's interesting. It's like there's a competition, you know, there's vertical blue, which everyone wants to go to. Yes. But I call it vertical ego because the moment that people go there, they think they can do 10 more meters than they actually can. And it's the competition with most blackouts. Really? It's terrible. It's like 50%. That's the one in the Bahamas, no? Yeah. Yeah. Um, of the dives are red carded, you know, and so if you, if you black out, then that's it. You're out. You should be. You have but to come are... up and stay awake and be coherent. Yeah. I saw. But you know, a lot of damage can be caused. You can get lung squeeze, you know. Yeah. And it's not really attractive to the sport because when people keep seeing blackouts, they think, mm. "Oh, you know, what's going on?" Hmm. And uh, doctors are still not understanding free diving fully, so the damage isn't really um, understood. Yeah. So for me, I draw, you know, my way of my approach is to always be uh, within my my safety margins. Yeah. I don't push. I like to train hard and play easy. You say. Hi, this is Lewis from the Nautilus Project. We are a marine conservation charity based in Gibraltar. Gibraltar is nestled between the Atlantic Ocean and the Mediterranean Sea. One of the most compelling aspects of the Straits of Gibraltar is its role as a melting pot of marine biodiversity. The mixing of the Atlantic and the Mediterranean waters creates a mosaic of habitats ranging from rocky coastlines to deep sea trenches. And this diversity provides niches for an array of species from microscopic plankton to apex predators. The Strait is a crucial migration route for countless marine creatures, including whales, dolphins, and various fish species, amplifying its importance as a hub for biological research and conservation efforts. Should you wish to get in contact, we are available on all social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram, on at Nautilus Project. We hope to hear from you soon. When you're diving and you want to do like 100 meters, you've got to get there and, and then you can do 101. But why don't you do 102? Can you carry on going down if you feel you can? Yes. You can. Well, you limit yourself to how does depth. it? How? Oh yes, because what happens? Because maybe your coach at the top is saying, Jata, come back. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you an example. I went to, to Corsica now for the French nationals. Yeah. Came away with a gold medal, so good result. But my... I, my real aim was to get a national record. Now, because it was the first competition of the season, you need to have within three months um, uh, the dives logged officially. And okay. They will only allow you five meter increments. So, okay. I would normally take a month to get to a hundred meters properly because here it's cold, there it's hot, and uh, oh, the sea. The sea is yeah. Ah, so it makes a difference. Huge difference. It was really? twenty six degrees on the surface, twenty seven, and seventeen at depth. Oh yeah, yeah. 
And it's what happens is here. that the dive reflex doesn't work oh. with this. Wow. So you have to spend time in certain conditions to adapt so your dive reflex works. And here it works very well because it's cold. It's 18 degrees top to bottom, basically. Um, you know, so that's whilst I was there, mm. that's the problem that, that I had. I had to increase every five meters. I only mm. had two weeks. And by one day, I was limited to 95 instead of 99. If I would have done 99, I would have got the national. But you, got, you did 95. I did 95. That's why I thought that's what, that's what the most that you've done. Yeah. So where did you do 101? Um, I did that last year in Roatan in the World Championships. Um, that was in Monofin, which is my favorite yes. discipline. But this year, my aim was a national record in Bikings. Um, okay. The thing is, it's, you know... Well, you have to choose the one you want to do well, that you year. Do, you can do what you want, you know. At the mm. end of the day, it doesn't really matter. But um, that was my aim. You know, I make a plan mm. and it takes me a year to train Mm. To, for three minutes, you could say. So, well, no, let's talk about Acefair because she's sitting here listening to you nodding. Cause she's going through it all with you. How did you two meet? Oh, just oh. bring the little the microphone <laughs> yeah. a little bit closer you to can, you. So, you can say it. yeah, oh, I can say it. Because uh, you're from Lithuania. Yeah, we met through free diving. He just contacted me and we started talking, and then he came to meet me. And okay, so you were you were you're a diver too. Yep. Okay. And where you're from Lithuania? Yeah. And that, that you dive there or? No, I have never. I've done free diving in the pool in Lithuania. That's where I started. But I always loved water. I'm born in water. So I always had that connection that I've always been drawn to it. But yeah, Lithuania is not a really perfect place to free dive. Okay. So I also started scuba diving first in Red Sea in Egypt. Yeah. That's like one of the most visited I've countries I've by been, me. I've, yeah, I, yeah. Actually, you, you love it. No? Like yeah. Sharm el-Sheikh. I've been to yeah. Sharm el-Sheikh. Or Dahab, around there. Oh, yeah. yeah we've yeah. trained a lot. You've trained there. there. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. And then, beautiful to see yes. all the fish and all the corals. True, That's, true. And then I also made a switch to freediving. And my biggest draw to that was the same as Dean mentioned. I was like, okay, I want to be like closer to the animals that I mm. see and I want to interact with them. And I also thought about exactly the same thing. Okay, I don't need the bubbles to scare them away. And then I just got into it. And yeah. And you started competing? I started competing only this year. Okay. Since I met Dean and now finally have a good coach because as he mentioned before, I also walked into free diving and learned a lot of like um, different things. Yeah, the wrong things. And when I started like learning it properly, I was like, okay, that doesn't really make sense. And I, I sensed that, but like I couldn't compare it. So I was mm. like, oh, it's not really working. So yeah, I started the competition. This and have year. you improved? Oh, yeah, tremendously. You can ask Dean, like... <laughs> He's very proud. I, I'm sometimes, like, harsh on myself. I'm like, oh, I'm, like, doing the things over and over again. And I'm like, I'm not improving. And then he's like, no, remember you, like, a month ago, you're, like, doing mm. so well. So he's a good so coach. He's an amazing coach. And, and I suppose, to a little, to a, in a certain extent, you, you have to... You, you, know, you can coach because you're doing it for yourself, so you know the right things to do. You're obviously winning medals, and, and so that, that's all the training that you need because there's, there's also, and I keep going about, on about the film, but this, this Steve guy, he was a diver, and then one day he blacked out and he decided, I'm going to be safety. And actually, as a safety person, yeah. you know exactly what you're doing because you've been a diver. You, yeah. you, you, anyway, you yeah. go right I mean, down there. So because, you know, we share the same interests. Yes. So we're all together, you know, yes. whether at home or we're going somewhere. Yeah, so you like work, to, you work yeah, together, yeah. I suppose. And we spend time training and we do the safety for each other. 
Uh, that, I was going to ask you that about the safety for each other. That's quite a big thing because you're in each other. I mean, your lives are in each other's hands mm -hmm. because it is very dangerous. I know you, you guys are saying that nah, it's okay and it's not so bad if you do it safely, but you're holding your breath underwater. This is a bit unnatural. I mean... To a certain extent, I suppose we are cooking in, in water for nine months. <laughs> you think about it. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, d d you never get scared. The, the danger element is that. No, because we work within margins. Like here, I do high volume work 50% of my capacity. You know, mm. I'm diving at 40, 50 meters. Yeah. Um, high volume, high technique, high drill. Mm. You know, there's lots of drill work. We're just working on very small parts. I mean, a, a Frida, a dive is like a puzzle. Yeah. And what we do is uh, we work on different parts of the puzzle. So maybe, uh, you know, when Asa started, um, she had to unlearn most of what, what she'd been taught. And we started yeah. from zero. And she, she was amazing at that because it was like a blank page. And I would say, okay, for the next week, duck dives, two meters. And she's like, two meters? Duck dives? You know, she must have done like, I don't know, 300 duck dives. And she was like, oh. at the beginning, she was like overwhelmed. Oh, I'm fed up with doing duck dives until she did perfect duck dives. Then we yes. said, okay, now, now we move on from two meters down to six, six meters. Yeah. Energy management first, you know, the first part mm. of the dive, then to 12 to the point where she was unconsciously working on her protocol, perfecting it step by step. You know, and when she went to, to Corsica, my coach was looking and, and he looked at me and he thought, wow. You know, she did everything absolutely perfect, like to a level which was top athlete. You know, yeah. you watch her how, videos. How far did you go down? 30 meters. 30 meters. Is that your biggest depth? Yes. Yeah. Okay. She got three na uh, Lithuanian national records. Um, really? All, all white cards. Yeah. <laughs> Every dive was perfectly executed. I mean, we're not looking at the depth right now, you know, because yeah. obviously she started. But she started with a good foundation, solid foundation, and with a perfect technique. Mm. So the rest comes so much easier. Mm. You know, it's not the same when you're a freediver who has 50 meters in his head and does everything wrong a thousand times to get to 50 meters and then can't progress. In Aceves' case, she's doing everything right now and the rest will just come easy because the hardest part is in the first 30, 40 meters. And if you can get that right, then yeah. the rest is just easier. Different. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you about um, when you plunge and you're talking about when you go down, that, that bit where you say, well, there's a point where you just let yourself go. What goes through your head? You're plunging into the abyss. It's like a black hole. What, what goes through your head? Bliss. Really? Total bliss. But it's black that you can't see much, no? Down there? It's not the... It's not your... Are your eyes open? Slightly. They open, they close. I just use them to or orientate myself on the line. Right, because you're attached to the line. Yeah. But basically you deconcentrate and um, your mind relaxes, your body relaxes. You, you have the dive reflex, which brings your metabolism really, really low. So it's basically like going to sleep. So it's like meditating. Yeah. But better, because physically okay. your body goes to sleep, basically. You know, you go into a very, very relaxed, calm state of mind. And you just keep going down and, and down and down. And also, you know, there's a point where you start getting a little bit of narcosis. 
from from the higher pressure. In, Is in, that when your brain starts to do something funny? Well, um, the partial pressures of air, you know, you've got nitrogen, you've got oxygen and CO2 and so on. Uh, the partial pressure of nitrogen increases with every 10 meters or as you go down. And that creates an effect. It's like having a, a tequila every 10 meters. Yeah. You know, so... So it's a cu cumulative effect. Yeah, so the deeper you go, you know, the better you the feel. More, yes. And by the time, you know, some people can hallucinate. Oh, okay. Some people will see dragons or... Really? Or, yeah, they will see all sorts of stuff. Um, personally, I'm lucky that I don't get much narcosis. I don't know if it's because I've drunk a lot of beer in my past, but... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I'm quite tolerant yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, well, better, really. Yeah. Um, and you've never blacked out, Dean? No. And you, what happens when you feel funny? Because the other thing I want to talk to you about, because we've talked about going down, but then you have to come back up. And that's a big thing. Yeah. Because you need to have enough energy. Maybe by then you're gasping for air. Do you ever gasp for no, air? No, you can get contractions on the way up because you have a very high level of CO2 in your blood. You know, we're talking long dives. Um, so you get contractions. A long dive is what? Two minutes? Three minutes? Maybe three and a half, four minutes. Is how long, how long can you hold your breath for? Um, it depends what I'm doing. But if I don't move, static, my PB is seven minutes, 50. What? And you, Ace um, My static is three minutes. Okay. But like, as what I think he was about to say, it's very different if you do static and you don't move and like you don't have to do equalization and all the other things. And when you go to the depth, there are so many different elements and the darkness and the conditions, like everything is different. Like here in Gibraltar, the, like, it becomes way darker way sooner. Like really? He goes, yeah, he what? goes to 40 and like it's black. Really? Yeah, and in Corsica, it's like it's very bright and it's very nice. Up to 90 meters, you can yeah. still see pretty well. Yeah. Why is it so dark in Gibraltar? Because we have... <laughs> Um, no so honestly, yeah, I, I've never ever. This is like I'm like I'm like a child, like a sponge. My brain is just like absorbing everything. In, in it's super like interesting. Greece or Roatan, you know, the water's so clear. You've got thirty plus meters of visibility, so you get light. At yeah, ninety, hundred meters. I mean, it's it's darker. Yeah, but you get some light. But here, here you you've got maybe. I mean, on a good day, you'll have 10 meters, but generally you've got five meters of visibility. Wow, that's so nothing. So you go down to 40 and it's like you're at 100. Yeah. You know, and then you've got the noise from all the bunkering ships. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's and very that's difficult. awful. And the anchor, you hear it everywhere. Yeah. The, the tides are very, very strong. Here, no? Yeah. So the conditions here are, are very hard. It's colder. Well, is that where you train mostly? Now, yes. Like now I'm preparing for another competition. So I will do a lot of high volume work, uh, shallow, you know, like 30, 40 meters um, and just repeat drills, repeat the first 30 meters of the protocol of my dive, get it really um, fine tuned speeds, you know, going up, going down, equalization. So I do a lot of work until I feel that I'm completely comfortable and I don't have to think anymore and it's natural. And then I will go somewhere to compete. And even then, I will spend a couple of weeks to a month adapting to those conditions and that temperature and whether there's a thermocline or, or not. So any competition takes a lot of time because you've got to spend like a month in a foreign country adapting yeah. to the dive conditions so yeah. that you can do the dive. Yeah. That's why you make so and many hope good that friends. 
And uh, yeah, yeah, because you're like, yes, I suppose so. You have to live with them for a month. You have to live. And so, how do you sustain yourselves? How do you earn money from this well, to be able to live? Sponsorship, I suppose. Sponsorship is difficult because it's not a, a sport that gets any sponsorship unless you're lucky. You okay. Know, or you're the best. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're getting world records, then you might. Because you get money for doing it. Yeah. Obviously, you're winning. Yeah. winning. And, e and even then, it's, it's mm. difficult. But I mean, still, to spend a month in Corsica and f eat and live, it's, it's, it's yeah. expensive. It is. It is. I mean, from, from my part, what I did was um, three years ago, my business wasn't going very well. Um, so I decided to rent my, my workshop and yeah. close the business, basically. And I got enough to let me live. I mean, it wasn't, I wasn't living a luxury life, yeah. but at least I could do this, step back and, and what focus you on what I wanted to yeah. do and re recharge my energy, you know, because my business had drained me quite a bit in the past 15 years. Um, business and, here uh, in Gibraltar? Yeah. Right. So I focused, you know, I'm the kind of guy who I like, I like to do things like well. And you're going to do them? Yeah. You're in and 100%. And I found that with the business, how things were at the time, all my efforts were just being wasted. So I thought, okay, I'll do this. And with the free diving, that's what I did. And I just managed to spend three years. It took me three years to get to 100 meters, you could say. Constant training, working with my coach, understanding what I was doing right, what I was doing wrong, mm -hmm. going around the world. You know, the experience has been amazing. I've amazing. lived in Greece, I've lived in Caribbean, I've lived in Ama Daha. Amazing. And, you know, these, these and the people the, you've met and the, you know, I've made my yeah. friends are mostly not from here. You know? Yeah. Uh, and that's what I did. I just started working again in November because I have we have another plan. Oh, OK. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we have a future plan, actually. Are you allowed <laughs> to say what it is or not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, the idea now. So you're, you're sticking together. That's good. Uh, the, yeah. The idea is to is to make some money and buy a nice sailing boat. Yes. And uh, sail around the world and give courses about freediving and also freedive wherever there may be um, a competition. Yes. And, uh, and live like that, you know, kind of yeah. nomad sort of mm. lifestyle. And do underwater safari so people could come and see and experience water. Because as Dean mentioned, like, if you don't see it, you don't understand what's going on. And when you've been in the water for years and years, you see like how it changes and like how animals suffer. But also to see the beauty and like just incorporate yeah. people in seeing that, so they. Would, that's like, a very good idea because you could on your boat. You can be based anywhere. People would come, stay yeah. in the town, and then join you yeah. <clears throat> to do underwater safaris. I mean, you it's can just, train them. What? Well, yeah, yeah, just just to offer some coaching and you yeah. know just do it enough to cover your costs and so mm. on, and then you can live moving around a bit. I mean, I need something to talk about when I'm an old man. <laughs> <laughs> how long can you go on diving for? I mean, I don't know how old you are. I'm, I, I'm 42. Okay. Um, so, I, how, you know, how long are you, your, does your body hold out? Competitively, to these? as long as I'm doing things right, maybe into my 50s. Okay. Obviously, thing, you know, I'm not going to be in the peak of my, my physical ability, but I will have a lot of technical background yeah. that, that this sport is very sensitive yeah. to. And you could be a safety diver for other people. Yeah. Does that pay? Does, is that a paid job not or not? Not really. You know, most people do it voluntarily. Do they really? Yeah, it's a, it's a very um, badly paid uh, sport, you would say, you know. That's interesting compared to what footballers earn exactly, and what other yeah. people learn like, in sports. You know, I've been trying to get a sponsor for years and it's like... Really? Freediving? What's that? You know, right. Okay. But honey, freedive you could do like, if not an athlete, for like 
as long as you will live. Like we yeah. had one man who was in seven in his seventies and he was like competing in Corsica. Yeah. So like you can you can do that. And he was going like he was seventy and he was doing seventy meters. And he was happy to just to yeah. just carry on. So um I was gonna talk about breathing and Wim Hof. I, I, I've been to one of his co one of his <laughs> things. Actually, because I, I do meditate and I do breathing and I, it really helps me relax because I'm quite yeah. nervous. Um, but it, does, does that, does that, do you feel that it, this way, well, obviously it does relax you. And like you say, it's bliss. So this is, this is your, like your happy place. Yeah. Do you both feel like that? Mm -hmm. Like when you're there in that moment under the water, it's just completely relaxed. Totally. It's like, I would... How would you describe it? Like I would describe almost it spiritual. more than that. I was like, when you when I've done a hundred meter dive and come up and everything has been absolutely perfect, it's like, for me, it's like being reborn. You let go because to free, to free dive deeply, you need to let go of everything in your mind. You can't take and that's, down. Actually, that's quite difficult because you everybody has day-to-day. Yeah, you, -day. you know, people get very triggered with things. And, yeah. And, and you can latch on to negativity and so on. And with, with a deep, deep dive, it squeezes out everything. You need to let go of your of your thoughts because whatever you, it's an amplifier. Mm. Any thought you have on the surface will be yeah. tenfold down there. Down there. Mm. So, you know, you let go of it on the way down and then you come up and you're like, mm. you feel much well, cleaner. Is it elation what you feel almost when you, I mean, what is the most, what gives you the most pleasure? Is it going in it down or when you when you're back up? When you're back up. So what happens is apart from the narcosis that you can get, which yeah. you can bring up, you know, I mean I can sometimes come to the surface and just keep smiling because the narcosis okay. stays in your blood. The high and all this yeah. this like hormonally, um it changes your hormones too because your body does go into a sort of um survival mode yeah. with the dive reflex. You know, it's a survival reflex. So your hormones change. And with that, you can feel very high for up to three days, two days. You know, you can, you can carry the dive and you know, this exhilarating feeling for two mm. days and three days. And that is what hooks people, you know, mm. really. And what are the negatives? Is there any negative of this? The negative is your ego. Oh, that's interesting. Because if you push past your capacity and don't understand that you need to do things step by step and don't understand that you need to sometimes hold yourself back and not go the extra few meters if you haven't trained for them or you know maybe you're in a competition and you, this guy is one meter away from you and you know you're, like, you're risking it going up that's where the problems lie that's where blackouts happen okay you know and it's all about understanding yourself mm. and mm. being humble and saying look this competition i'm not ready for this mm. i'll train harder next mm. time you know and some people don't i mean there's competitors there in vertical blue now i've seen guys doing i don't know three blackouts one successful dive and they got a, a medal for me it's a failure because okay you walked away with a medal but you nearly killed yourself trying to do it you know that's not free diving for me yeah for is me, there a point where you stop where you where, you, where you're blacking out and your but, body but is thing. not is not is not you know that's the doing thing. what you want it to do do yeah. you stop um, that, that, that I feel is a problem. People won't sit back and say, hang on, I've had three blackouts, yes, yes. You know, something's not right. Listen to your body. They will just carry on. Yeah. Um, and I like to go to a competition with all my training done, having done the depth already, 
Yeah. Totally confident, relaxed in my mind, and I just go to enjoy it. Mm. You know? Um, and then I enjoy the competition thing. I don't want to go stressed or feeling mm. tense or having doubts because the doubt is the worst thing. Yeah. If you go to the water with doubts... Well, this is, I was going to ask you. So this podcast is called Why Bother? Right, that is the title. And I ask all my guests yeah. this question. So why do you bother? And have you ever asked yourself, why am I bothering with this? Well, I think we all need some kind of um, objective in life or... Or something to do and it's very rewarding yeah. because you know you're you're constantly testing yourself uh, your character your ability your discipline uh, it's it's so big that you can you can't really find the end of it you know and that's what I enjoy because I'm a very ambitious person in character and I don't like to have limits okay so I always like to be able to improve Keep going. Keep going. So what's next? So the next is you're going to carry on competing, both of you. In yes. Yeah. And he's going to carry on being your coach. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So we're going to see we're going to see more of you winning medals and stuff. We hope so. Yeah. And um, the the last question that I ask everybody is where would you? T it's a very silly question, but now that you're both here, but um, if you were on a desert island, who would you be with and why? Who would I be with? Yeah, who would you be well, with? Be Ace with Absolutely, you can't say anything else. She's sitting right beside you. I'm my children. Oh, that's really nice. Look, um, it's been an eye-opener. I've had all these notes. I haven't hardly looked at them. Uh, it's so interesting to hear uh, many things that I've learned. The worst thing is all this all this um, crap at the end of uh, under the water in Gibraltar. I mean, that is something that is quite... And, yeah. and obviously, people don't see it because not everybody dives to the depths that you do. Mm. So, And the fact that this is accumulated there is, is something that yeah. I hope people hear this talk and and something gets done so yeah. that's my big aim but thank you both from the bottom of my heart for being here it's it's been really nice for me thank you. Thank yeah you for I hope uh, it's a pleasure and good luck with everything thanks <laughs>